I'm not sure I can actually say why, but my mind today was again on the passage of Scripture in First Peter. I'm sorry, Second Peter, uh, chapter three, where it says that the Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And as I mused over that particular scripture, all of a sudden I found my, my mind going to my own grandmother, my father's mother. Her name uh, as a young girl was Bessie Drusilla Murdy. She hated the name Drusilla, but it was the name of her grandmother and her mother gave it to her. In 1909, she was born, and in uh, 1926, she was pregnant with my father. She was uh, 17 years old. So she married my grandfather, whose name was Wardle, Howard Wardle, so she became Bessie Wardle. And then after only four years or so, they separated because of the violence between them, and she became later uh, Bessie Lilly, but I knew her as Grandma Mose. <laughs> uh, the Mose came from the fact that it is, that was the name of my step-grandfather, his nickname at least, Mose. My grandmother grew up very wild. She was a no-nonsense woman who had a very bad reputation in our town. Even in my lifetime, she worked at a couple of the roughest bars that were in our town, Finleyville. And she had a history of uh, running around, of drink, of promiscuity. And I think the saddest part of all was the fact that when she divorced my grandfather, my father's father, she stepped away from the two children that she gave birth to and did not step back into their lives until they were adults and they themselves were married. She abandoned those kids. For a while, my father and his sister, my Aunt Peg, were raised by a neighbor lady that was paid by my grandfather to raise them. And it didn't seem to bother my grandmother that that was part of her story. She rubbed snuff. She drank a lot of whiskey. And yet at the same time, there was a kind and very generous soul in there. Anytime any member of her family was in need, they could come to her. And they ended up living across the street from us. And when I say street, I mean just this little suburban road. And I hardly remember any time that there wasn't one of her relatives, one of my relatives, living there with her. Her brother lived there, her sister lived there, my aunt, her daughter lived there. And I never heard Grandma complain about any of that. I also remember her as kind of a happy soul. I remember this hilarious moment where uh, they had um, been given this large cabinet radio, sat on the floor, never worked. And my grandfather worked very, very hard 
to uh, fix that. And I was there the day that he was working on it, and all of a sudden it came on. And when it came on, it came on with a polka. And my grandmother loved the polka, and she started to dance around the room and sing. Uh, and then all of a sudden she stamped her feet <laughs> real loud, and the radio broke and never played another song. And we all laughed to that. My grandfather, not so much. She loved to go up to the moose. And there at the moose, she would uh, sit with lady friends and men at the bar, and she would drink. She loved a good party. Not a, not a dinner party. That wasn't our family. I don't remember us ever having a dinner party. But she loved having, if you will, uh, people over, a picnic in the backyard, a picnic at one of the area parks, a lot of people gathering together to eat food, drink, and reminisce. And every year, she would drag us to the Irish picnic, which was a community event where all the Irish folks got together and they would um, spend some time together. Now, I say all that because in spite of the fact that my grandmother had that kind of a reputation my memories of her from the time I was in my late 20s on to her death in 2003, that's right, she lived to be 94 years old, my memories are of a great change that occurred in her life. Probably somewhere in her 70s, she heard the gospel of Christ and it, it endeared her to respond to Jesus. And things began to change. For the very first time in her life, she began to go to church. She would have a little devotional time with the daily bread. Sundays, mom and dad would pick her up, just pull into the driveway across the street, and she'd get in the back seat, and they would go off to church together. After having never been to church all those decades... Oh, she was still a character in many ways. When she went into a nursing home, uh, she had a little chest of drawers, and the two bottom drawers were dedicated to either chocolate or chips. So even into her late 80s and 90s, she ate what she wanted to eat. She did what she wanted to do, but she now had a faith that really brought tremendous amount of change to our life. Years ago, uh, a Hollywood figure, I think his name was Stuart Hamlin, heard Billy Graham and accepted Jesus, and another celebrity came up to him, and I heard, said something like, I heard you got religion, and, and his response was, it's, it is no secret what God can do. And it ended up being a song that he wrote, it's not a secret what God can do. And one of the things that's very exciting to me about this passage of Scripture is the idea that no, bad, no matter how bad it is or how, how late the hour, our Lord is still patient. I think it's important for us to know that no one is ever outside the reach of Christ no matter what they've done or for no matter how far they may have wandered from the teachings of 
of God. I mean, my grandmother, just take it, multiple marriages, running around, uh, problems in many dimensions, living a very rough life, never having money, being poor her whole life by local standards. And yet she heard the gospel of Jesus and responded. As a matter of fact, the words she gave were, I've been waiting to hear that my entire life. I want you to think some people in your world. I'll do the same right now. People who almost seem put off by religion, have nothing to do with it. And yet are we aware that God pursues us all and is pursuing them? This scripture that says he is not willing that even one perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. I look at my own story, and I'm grateful that I was a younger man in my 20s when I came to faith and certainly made many mistakes after that on my journey with Jesus. But I also know that it was much later than that. My own dad came to faith and my mom, and then my grandmother. God's grace and God's kindness does, in fact, lead people to repentance. And when we hear this story and we hear about God's patience, there's part of us that should be grateful for what we've experienced in our own lives, but there's another part of us that should be hopeful for people right now that are broken and that are hurting, that have gone astray, and that God still pursues, He still chases, He still wants them. I think of a young man who right now is in a hospital in California who's gone through a very bad time with drugs. He needs Jesus. I think of someone that I saw kind of stumbling out of a local bar, very weathered in what life has brought his way. He needs Jesus. All of us do. And Christ crossed the universe for every one of us. And I think it's important for us to keep this in mind and then ask the Lord the question, what is my role? Certainly I have to live out the gospel, live the virtues and values of the kingdom, let my life speak the gospel. But I think there's another side of it in which I need to be willing to share this good news. Wouldn't it be important for me to be sensitive every day and simply ask the question of the Lord, is there someone today that I can say the good word about Jesus to, particularly someone that is hurting? Do you know there was a study done many years ago, 30 or 40 years ago, that I read that people tend to turn to Christ during periods of stress and crisis. My goodness gracious, who isn't experiencing stress and crisis in these days. And wouldn't it be good for us to be able to tell them the story of the one who is with them in the storm, who passed through the waters along their side, and who has the power to forgive them for mistakes made past and present and future. 
there are times when I think God is, if you will, portrayed as somewhat of an ogre, so quick and so anxious to bring judgment. But the Apostle Paul was clear, if you want to know what God is really like, you've got to look at Jesus. And one of the things we see in Jesus is not only his tenderness and his compassion and his love, but also his patience, wanting people to respond to the glorious message of Jesus Christ. I did a little uh, mental time traveling today. Once Grandma came to mind, my heart was touched. I realized I do, in fact, miss her after almost 20 years of her being passed. But I'm also very glad to know that she's very much alive in the kingdom, that God has redeemed what was in order that she can step forth into what is. And he wants that same for every one of us and so many, many other people. Isn't it a great knowledge and a great comfort to know we can never be too old we can never be too lost. The situation can never be too bad. That the Lord isn't able to step in and revolutionize it all. For the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies new every morning. His mercies new.